I want you to think about things you can't see. The rotation of the planets, electricity, gravity. Because we only see the results and not the process, should we come to the conclusion that it doesn't exist? What is this lady talking about? It does exist, and it's not cheap. So help me cover the cost by donating a little here. I want to check this email. This is, uh, let's see if she got it. Okay, here's the link. She got it. She got it! Yes! Yes! Well, it just puts a smile on my face when I think about when I got that email today from RevCall and had... The ability to to click on a link and the second half of the interview was right there. I can't tell you how funny this is. I think it's just pure audio gold. So enjoy. I know you wanted it. We got hung up talking about scrotums popping out. Yeah. <laughs> else for. Okay. But uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm now in outdoor advertising. Ended up uh, while I was at the polo shop hooked up with okay. um, Scott Reynolds once again, who uh, some of our listeners might remember Scott uh, as part of uh, the Young Life crew of volunteer leaders when we were in high school that I got really involved with and, and you know, got to know uh, Scott uh, through ski trips and, and, you know, just doing really cool Young Life stuff. And, and Scott was had grown up in the uh, billboard business and um, came to me when I was at the polo shop and said, hey, I'm thinking about starting a, an outdoor advertising company. And, is that like you and you and Justin like did a like a uh, Callaway commercial? Yes, right? we did. Uh, yeah, 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 for the big Bertha, and he ended up yeah, winning. yeah. He did a uh, we did a a you know kind of that was just at the time it was like a crowdsource commercial contest. Yeah, um, do you guys have that um, on video? Yeah, or like do, Spence has got it for sure. But it was okay. It was I'm gonna great. get it. From, I'm gonna get it from Spence and. I'm going to post that on YouTube. I think that'd be a good link it, for this. It was awesome. But Spence also helped Scott and I, when we first started, we wanted to shake things up in, in terms of how we presented ourselves and um, in our in our company. And we started built with our uh, – we introduced street kiosks uh, to downtown Dallas in 2003. Okay. And, uh, it was a European – standardized European format. Yeah, all um, over Europe. All over Europe, pedestrian. Uh, the, you know, they're on the streets. Do you have? Uh, do you have the the like the restrooms inside? Uh, no, the, the, we were actually kind of limited in terms of uh, the design of the structures that we could go with, and, and city ordinance didn't allow us to present. Yeah. You know, design something as elaborate as that, where they had newsstands and bathrooms as a part of these advertising kiosks on the street corners, like you see in Paris, Madrid, and in London. Well, Dude, San Francisco was a word. In San Francisco. You, you would have all these guys just, I mean, they, bombs would just be peeing all over those things. And they just, yeah. it, I mean, it was, it's good bum, that you don't have the restrooms bum, on it. Bum urine is, is not a good thing. So, oh, God. <laughs> and typically those companies will present those as, as solutions to cities to, to win municipal contracts. But I am um, always fascinated by those, those solutions. Just yeah. like, are you tired of bum urine? <laughs> just kiosk it no so that was how we got started in uh 2000 and i, and I uh hooked up with scott. scott's like look i don't know how i'm gonna pay you but um we'll figure it out at some point and uh when yeah. i was able to i left ralph lauren and um kind of just said all right let's go see where the lord's taking me and i uh, have faith that you know if this this doesn't work out i can come back and get more scrotums in the face 
Yeah, um, yeah. You've but always got it, that. That was that option. Is that option C or D? That was plan. Uh, yeah, that was option um, S. Okay. Option okay. Scrotum. Yeah. <laughs> plan yeah, B. That's... No, but it, it was one of these deals where you know Scott had been a mentor to me in my high school years, and I thought at the very least I'm going to partner up with somebody who I really just respect how he 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 was a young dad, and uh, I just really admired the way he lived his life and thought, gosh, what's the worst that can happen working, working with him. Yeah. And that was, well, it's, uh, here so we are. What, what are, what are you guys, are you guys doing anything else besides kiosk? Yeah. So we built up that company. We actually sold it. We, we grew that business significantly over the course of, um, you know, almost 15 years. <clears throat> we, we started with kiosks in downtown. We expanded, into lifestyle districts, which were just starting to become a thing with, you know, the West Wait, Village. Lifestyle, the, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so the outdoor. Life, yeah, outdoor lifestyle properties where you've got retail on the bottom and residential, and um, these this mixed-use concept of, of real estate development was just starting to um, kind of be born and turn into a thing, and our form of uh, advertising uh, paired really well with with those types of projects. So did Pedestrian you guys work on the West Village? Were you doing We that? did, yeah. And, and thankfully, you know, one of the partners, Henry Miller, had uh, at the time had um, – uh, he spent a lot of time of, of the year in Paris. So he, he was really familiar with the concept that we were proposing. And mm -hmm. we thought, hey, why don't we start with a handful of these here, see if you guys like it. And um, it was very successful. They, you know, they said, "Hey, let's add some more." And then we, we evolved into large format wallscapes on the side of buildings, big ads that you see downtown and in the yeah. village. And uh, then we created uh, the country's first downtown digital network, a large format digital network to uh, target the core of a, a major U.S. market. What's a digital Dallas. network? What is that? So we created uh, 18 large format displays that are uh, about uh, 10 feet tall and uh, six feet wide. Okay. Uh, and these were, uh, and they were affixed to buildings and downtown and they overhang the, um, uh, the right of way, overhang the sidewalks. So they elevated off the ground. Yeah. But it, it's just a, a digital sign that, um, uh, you know, nothing like it. The only digital advertising so in Dallas. So what's feeding that? Like the advertisement. So, yeah, so uh, it's it's plugged into a network. It's a, it's a cloud-based software system that um, you know you, there is a <clears throat> there is a software application that you use, and and what we would do is we would sell advertising on on the network, and you know one advertiser would own it for a period of time, and then flips. It's much like what we see today on on you know digital billboards that you see on the uh, on the side of the road. But these were vertical, and these were in downtown where you've got very slow vehicular traffic, and you have yeah. high pedestrian density. And in downtown at the time, in our first one, first phase of our network we put in in 2008, uh, downtown was just starting to see this this kind of renaissance and this rediscovery, of particularly of of younger Gen Xers wanting to be um, kind of live in downtown again. Uh, Dude, I, it's it's. I mean, it's hopping down there. They've got um. So Goldman Sachs. I think Goldman's going to move their headquarters there. 
they've got a regional they've got a regional spot there i think um you know more more companies out of new york city with covid are yeah. just they want to get out and they're going to be heading down to dallas well uh it it's incredible to see the transformation that downtown has had in particular not to mention all these outer lying um parts of of the city that have been transformed but um it was our timing was good. We were there kind of right at the beginning, and uh, over the course of you know almost 15 years, we built that network out. So we had three standardized formats of of advertising that we that we sold to you know your A plus advertisers, um, and that was our street level kiosks, uh, our large format walls, and then our digitals. And um, we expanded it in Houston as well uh, in about 2008. And in 2016, we um, we sold that business uh, to a competitor, and uh, and we you know kind of had our our eyes set on starting back up. We had carved out a, a part of our our business to start back up at the Dallas Farmers Market, mm-hmm. um, but the <clears throat> market had just recently been acquired by a private developer and had a, a, just this incredible plan to redevelop it and bring density, bring density there. It, it had been run by the city for years. It turned out it was just totally uh, fraudulent in terms of, it was a racket. It was, it was yeah. just unbelievable. So the private developer had to kick everyone out because they were, they weren't true farmers. Uh, the vendors were buying stuff down the street and, and posing as vendors. Well, the farmer's market is such a good, I mean, it's such just a, it, it's a, I hate saying this, a concept. It's not a concept. I mean, it's just always the farmer's market. Well, but yeah. It, people it, now, like, they, they think, oh, it's a farmer. It, you know, it's, it's farm to table. And it's just not something that, um, I don't know. I just, you, you know, we grew up as, you know, that was the farmer's market. But it, now it's, it's an actual lifestyle. It, it feels like it, an almost a lifestyle. Well, and it's, has, it's, it's now, it's, it's its own neighborhood. I mean, it is yeah. 70%, 70% of the downtown residents live in downtown Dallas, all live, with, live within a half mile radius of the farmer's market. And that's because that's where all the new housing is. You know, if you get into the core CBD, yes, you've got some residential towers, but those are like the Wilson building. My brother and his wife lived there for a period of time. Those are all retrofitted uh, office buildings that they turned into residential, which are, are just not laid out for ideal residential living the rooms are quirky they're cramped they you know the amenities are, are really limited but you get over to the farmer's market and it's all new housing you've got yeah, all a it's awesome down there it's, yeah it's and not only that it's it's incredibly walkable and it's all yeah, open it's, air that, and that and, food hall has so many little restaurants that are just fun to i mean that's an entire saturday or sunday it's, it, it really is i mean there's 31 restaurants and, and vendors in in the shed there, and you know what we're seeing is that that's become kind of the the, the new incubator for a lot of concepts. And they're, you know, those those are kind of the lifeblood of of the city in so many ways. Yeah, and I don't know what's going to happen with you know all of this with COVID. I, well, I really I'll, don't. I'll, it's been really interesting. You know, our what we've learned is since COVID, since March circulation and pedestrian activity is up 37% farmers market whereas really the the downtown central business district is is obviously is still a ghost town 
I think occupancy for the majority office occupancy is hovering in the low 20% right now compared to normal capacity, especially with the larger employers that have got legal reasons with people still staying home and working. Yeah. The beauty of the farmer's market is it's super walkable. You have, it is, it is, you know, it established itself very quickly as, as an essential destination with, Instead of having to go to, especially in the early, early days of the pandemic when most grocery stores were ransacked and sold out of, of you could, basic items, you could go there and get everything. You could just walk yeah. there. And, and, and if you're going to drive down there, there's tons of parking, and, and you can get whatever you need. And on top of that, it is, you know, the DNA of the farmer's market is food, food and beverage. So even if you're not picking up fresh ingredients to cook at home, you have so many options for people. I mean, those overnight, all of those those restaurants just just pivoted and became you know takeout machines. And well, so, it's, I mean, it's interesting because you know that whole South Omar, um, just you know, it's not too far away. Yeah. Um, South you go down there. Yeah, yeah, South Side. You go down there, and nobody really. I mean, the farmers. It's not that far away, but uh, do you remember Old City Park? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, there's some cool stuff going on around there. Yeah, you get out, you explore the space, and it's it's incredible. And and so we have um, been working on developing. You know, we created a a custom signage plan for the whole farmers market district, and that's, that's what we're great. working on now. We we created the first rooftop billboards in uh, in Dallas to be built. So how much does that run? Here? How much does a rooftop? If I want a rooftop billboard of me, how much would that cost? Just my picture. Uh, well, I think um, probably like like you could do it if you just bought me some lunch. I can yeah. Do it for you. I can put your face. You, up there. You, you I can put your face. A... We we built some digitals. I can put you up there this <laughs> afternoon for like twenty minutes. <laughs> Are you serious? I can do all that for my. Family. Holy yeah, shit! So got... I, honestly, I'm gonna send you. A, I've been I've been working on this concept with LinkedIn um, because digital. I, you know, I'm just trying to get, it's engagement. Everything's about engagement with sales right now. And so you got to have engaging content. So I I feel like when people look at a LinkedIn profile page, there's so much white space there that there's almost, like your your profile picture and the background of that is almost a chance to sell product and get people engaged in your product. So I thought I've been fucking Photoshopping this picture of me for the past, I don't know, five hours. It's just ridiculous. Dude. Do you look good in it? Um. Well, I'm doing that whole snap augmented reality. So the yeah. lint, I mean, so I bet you it's look not, amazing. Well, it's just I, I'm. It's Photoshop, dude. Of course, I look amazing. You can Photoshop <laughs> anything, man. And so it's it's just one of these things where it's um, if you Photoshop, like if you if you get into all of these things with Adobe, um. You just get sucked. Like once you start getting, I mean, I took all YouTube classes on it, but once you get, I'm, I'm blacking it, out. I'm I'm blazing at Adobe. When, when you go Adobe, uh, I just, <laughs> it's back to Excel. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you just you Photoshop yourself, and you just you kind of you're like, oh yeah, I like that, I like that. Okay, I can do this, I can do this. This is really cool. And where I think it, you know, where it's interesting is that. What I'm trying to do is digital engagement, just general sales, and then you're actually doing 
you know, physical engagement. You're trying yeah. to get eyes. It's all about people's attention. And that's the hardest it's, thing these days, man. Yeah, people, it's, uh, they don't have attention. It's interesting. Um, you know, the um, in terms of outdoor, outdoor advertising is not sexy, but its simplicity is what makes it work. You know, you can't turn it off. It doesn't go anywhere. Now, how and, do you guys get metrics on that? I mean, do people call you and ask, Yeah. hey, Definitely. You know, what, how many sales did I get out of that? I mean, is there a way to set up a, a customer journey from that? Yeah, sir, yeah there are uh, there are whole different – there are firms that, that, that do just that, you know, that uh, are auditing firms to help uh, basically prove out the ROI of, of out-of-home. You know, outdoor, certainly, you know, the, the easy, easy ways to do it are calls to action. Um, yeah. But – you know, it's it's interesting. Tom Thumb ran a – they did a study. This was, you know, like 25 years ago. They did a study. They bought one billboard, and <clears throat> they were promoting – I can't remember what they were promoting in the store, but they had um, – they did a survey and um, after, after the campaign ran, and they asked people where they heard about particular promotion. And most people would say radio or television. <clears throat> And nobody said billboard. Nobody said billboard. But what was interesting is they only bought a billboard. They didn't run anything on TV. They didn't run anything. Interesting. So, so it's it's the uh, compounding subliminal effect of, of out of home, which makes it so beautiful uh, and so fascinating how that works. Um, but there's they, a, I mean, like it sounds like there's a whole psychology. There is, uh, and, and you know, it's it's. Interesting now, obviously, with the rise of big data, having to prove everything, no matter what field uh, you're in. And you know, the conversion compete... analysis on, like, a, a, you know, Google Analytics is essentially given everybody some report to point to to say, well, I got this many clicks, this many impressions. And you look at it, and you're like, is this overkill? I, I just, I mean, did we sell anything? That's all that matters is yeah. revenue. Did I make any revenue off of this? Yes or no? Um, yeah, it's it's um you know so there's certainly the industry has has its ways to prove metrics, um, including facial recognition. You know, in in really dense dense markets, they actually have cameras in some places where where they can actually see. Are we headed, let me ask you at. this: Are we heading towards a minority report? Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, we are. It's it probably won't. <laughs> won't be super active in, in our lifetime, but our kids for sure. You know, it's, it's, um, I mean, just, just think about all the screens that are, have the capability to, to see our faces right now. It's, um, yeah, we're going that way for sure. That scares me. So we got to watch that's yourself. Good. So keep your clothes yeah. on. Yeah, definitely. I am. I am. <laughs> that's why, that's why I'm trying to develop snap lenses. I'm like, okay, what are they seeing? What are they not seeing? Um, Dude, I got to run. This has been awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. You um, bet, man. Let's, let's, let's make we'll a, be in touch. We're going to uh, make this happen. I want Class of 95 to, um, to re-engage. I, there's so many amazing people in, in our class that I, I just wish I had gotten to know better. And um, I'm so fascinated by you know, the people that you had mentioned that you're um, just going down the list and trying to uh, reconnect with people and see where the last 25 plus years, um, 
how they've unfolded and, and you know what people are doing now and life's short so I, I just you know taking the opportunity to, to re-engage and learn and see how people are doing yeah I'm, I'm listen excited. I got I got my yearbook open right now and there are some great pictures you, in there how about how about the just the yearbook picture in general just yeah. the idea of it it's, yeah uh, I'm all over it I think it's I think it's the truest form. And we had to uh, take what they gave us. Yeah, there was no re- there we was, couldn't there Photoshop. Was no Photoshop. <laughs> like we can on our phones now. Like that's a terrible angle. Let me hey, let me put a filter on, on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had the worst haircut of. I mean, it was just I, dude. That's a whole nother hour. Um, let's uh, let's uh, let let's follow up. I gotta I gotta edit this and then um, I'll put it out there and let's stay see strong. Thanks. All right, right, later, man. Common threads. Hashtag common threads. Love you, dude. Bye-bye.